1: It's time for the B-A the B A Q A what you say? Mm-mm. The B A Q A with Man Day, the B A Q A with Tiffany, the B A Q A. Hey. Welcome to Brown Amission. Question answers. You have questions. We have some answers. Although we're not your mama, your cousin, your financial advisor, or your lawyer, your but we are two very smart, brilliant, dare I say brown girls. Who know a little thing about career money personal finances you know what i'm saying entrepreneurship so you know we're here to answer some questions
0: well that's a dead of it. winter I'm <laughs> a dead of winter so i don't know if i still fit in the brown category <laughs> oh. <laughs> i still pale hey <laughs> yeah, you're you're brown in spirit yeah. <laughs> anyway we have some lovely questions if you guys want to be um, have your questions answered on the show just slide into our dms on ig we're at brown ambition podcast or you can email us brown podcast at gmail.com yeah so let's get into it hey taylor all right our first question comes from taylor who says i just got engaged and i'm looking for advice on how to start planning financially we currently live together and split our household bills 50 50 depends on the season and if we use the ac or not okay con ed is crazy we take turns getting groceries for the house although i shop a bit more since i'm working in the office and don't always pack a lunch we make just about the same amount of money um, and have kept our finances separate i'm planning to do premarital counseling with my fiance and wonder if financials will be brought up in those convos we both have trauma around a parent abusing household finances i know i prefer to keep all household bills in one bucket and the rest separate How do you all start to share finances with partners? Were there any strategies you employed to start saving for a wedding? Do you have recommendations on the best or easiest joint accounts Ally keeps popping up? Thanks for any insights you can provide. Y'all are the bomb.
1: Ooh, first of all, congrats, Tay Tay.
0: It's wedding, yeah, it's engagement season, congrats. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this takes me back. Yes. how did you start? how did you
1: introduce combining finances with your husband? (laughs)
0: Too soon. <laughs> I was like, I was in my, um, I had just, you know, when we met in 2014, I had been a few years into my career as a personal finance journalist, poor husband, or Enrique at the time. Because um, I was just, I was kind of preachy. I was very preachy. I used to really put people off, my friends and family, because I'd be like, what you should do is, I'm just like a Hermione. I just know it all and I want everyone to know. And I had a good place. Like I was coming from, a, you know, I wanted to help but i hadn't yet learned how to wait for them to ask me for help but i remember our early before moving in together which we moved in together less than a year after dating i think just because rent like leases in new york kind of rush you into decisions sooner than you may otherwise rush but um we had dinner and i broached the subject of um like our finances at that dinner um and It was fine. Like we talked about splitting rent 50 50. We talked about how much do you earn? Here's what I earn. And also moving in together, like we talked about, is this a long term? Do you see a future with me? You know, I didn't want to live with him if he didn't think he'd one day marry me. Bless his heart. Um, (laughs) And then I would say around that time, I just got more feisty. I was like, show me your credit score. I want to see your credit score. Why don't you show me your credit score? And I think it was more my I think he might have just shown me or told me if I hadn't been so much like we must find if you don't show me you don't trust me you don't love me. I was just a little extra. So yeah, I, I had my ups and downs early in our relationship kind of talking about finances. Um, We did do premarital counseling, but finances didn't come up. I think you're going to have to like bring that up yourselves um, as a topic that you want to work on, like set the intention of in therapy. This will be one of the things we talk about. Um, We more talked about like, I don't even remember. God, honestly, I think it was premarital counseling is fine, but I almost feel like don't forget about that when you get like year five, you know, six, seven, like you need more counseling. So we started counseling again just earlier this year. But yeah, that was that was our early our early arguments about it were around me just being a little too intense
1: yo mandy there's a reason why we are friends because that <laughs> was gives you my too? story almost to the t <laughs> including the in the the credit score he was like i don't know i was like let's sign up for credit karma right now <laughs> <laughs> like give me your laptop and he's like literally <laughs> i did that Girl, oh it's a miracle that they put up with the foolishness. Anyway, yeah. So to Manny's point, I was also aggressive and very annoying. Um, I was just like <laughs> with my family and friends. Same. I was like, girl, I know the things. You know, now yeah. I don't do that much. <laughs> I yeah. was like, you know, because also there was just a lot of things that I knew that he didn't know. So, for example, he had gotten a secured card, and he was like, "Oh, they told me to you like you know run it up and just pay a little bit a month." And I was like, "Who told you that?" The people who are charging you interest, no. I would like, say pay it off in full. Do you have the money? It was maybe like four or five hundred dollars. He said, "Yeah." He paid it off. Credit score jumped over a hundred points because he didn't have um, much credit history. So when you don't have a ton of credit history, one really great decision can make a huge impact because your credit history is an average of your choices. So if you only have two grades, one A w- will make a B and A. You know. Um, and so so what we started to do though is so I had to learn because my aggressive ways were not working. Um, I remember he used to call me Budgetista Bully. He's like, if anybody <laughs> only knew you are Budgetista bully. Everyone else um, thinks
0: we're so nice, but partners I, though.
1: I know. Like, Yo, he was know like, the, the, the world needs to know. I was like, whatever. Um, so, but I learned that my bullying ways were actually not working. So I learned to find what I used to call the common denominator, like something that we both agreed upon without any push. So in the beginning, I noticed that like the easiest common denominator for Jarell and I was Alyssa, you know, my bonus starter. that like if he spent money on something I thought was frivolous, I'm like, oh, that's fine. But we also put money aside for Alyssa, right? And he would, because there's never a time that he would ever say, I rather the sneakers than put something aside for Alyssa. So he'd be like, oh, you're right. And so that's in the beginning to kind of loosen him up to make the financial choices that, quite honestly, I thought were the right ones. That you wanted um, to make. Yes, that I would like, you know, I would like the comment and I when it, it was like, there's never any pushback when it comes to Alyssa. And then I added a new one because I, I was traveling and he'd be like, oh, I want to, you know, uh, travel with you. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna open up this online only savings account and you can open up a separate one, which he did. And when I put money away for savings, you should too. So that way the next trip we go on, we can go together. So there's never pushback on vacation. And so I did that quite honestly for a long time before I was able to broach other things. Like, I think your car notice too high. Maybe we should surrender the car. I think we should start saving for a wedding. I think we should start saving for a house. By the time we bought this house that I live in now, we were able to pay for it cash because it was like 50% off because it was a foreclosure we had gotten to a really great space where we were on the same page financially because we had started with those common denominators and then learned to discuss what are our other goals and what do we need to do to reach it, you know? And so I learned to change my tone, you know, not to be such a budgetista bully. And he learned to like uh, um, be open to say, oh, this is for the betterment of both of us. So I'm sure, I don't know what Mandy d- um, you know, does now, but when Jarrell was here, we had like a, we had an ours and we had our um, each other's. So I had my own checking, I had my own savings. He had his own checking, he had his own savings. And then we jointly had joint checking, joint savings. The checking account was like the bills account for the house. So like we both contributed, he largely contributed to the bills account. And then um, I largely more contributed to our joint savings account, you know, because he had this thing where he was like, I wanna pay the bills. And I said, okay. So there wasn't a ton left over for savings, but that's where I contributed the most you know, and so like you know, those are some of the choices. So I'll give you an example too. like I made significantly more than than Jarrell to be candid, he never made over sixty thousand dollars a year. and you know, I can bring home seven figures. And so there's a big discrepancy, you know, And we talked about how do we navigate that because sometimes, you know, for many men, and I understand it can be, um a hard thing for the ego to swallow his biggest thing was i don't want to live off of what you bring in tiffany i want to be able to maintain our lifestyle with what i bring in and so
0: it's really the- smart honestly yes
1: it yeah. is honestly and i love that about it because he could have easily been like girl when could i retire you yeah. know so what we did for example for the house was at first we were looking at houses to get home to get um mortgages but honestly what what his income could could cover it wasn't the kind of house that i wanted to live in and a neighborhood i wanted to live in so we found this house it was a foreclosure and it was like perfect with the savings that we joint saved you know which where i did my most contributing i had the hundred and eighty thousand dollars there we used it to buy the house so now there's no mortgage but his income could cover taxes insurance utilities you see what i mean so it's like he still got to pay the bills but in a way that preserved what i wanted which is this beautiful home in this nice neighborhood but it preserved i pay the bills and i can maintain our lifestyle You know, and so like those are the types of conversations that you want to start to have. Like, where do you want to live? Um, We each got our own allowance and we we could have spent it however we wanted, because I know we were both contributing to the household. We each had our own savings. You could do what you wanted, because as long as the, the bills were paid and then the joint savings was saved, that excess money is yours to do what you want with. So I learned to leave him alone when it came to that. So those are some of the things that we did. And, you know, hopefully that'll be helpful. It's going to be just a constant conversation. You guys should be talking about money always. Something that Mandy actually introduced me to. Mandy, when you started working with Helen, you know I didn't have a financial advisor at the time, and you said that Helen helped you kind of like be a tiebreaker, like you and husband. You know, and so I suggest that too finding a financial advisor that you meet you're meeting with, especially in the beginning, regularly because they will help to walk through your goals and how do you reach them together, Um, and that way he feels he's heard, and you're, you're, you feel like you're heard too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just basically like he listens to her and not, not to me, <laughs> even though she's saying what I could say, you know, but obviously she has way more training than I do as a financial planner. But yeah, i, I, I that's kind of what I was getting at too with premarital counseling. Like they're not going to be able to give you the financial advice, but they can help you learn how to approach it if it becomes like this really, you mentioned both having trauma, um, financial trauma in the past. So like, if it's really tough to even get the conversation started, maybe it's good to start in a premarital counseling and then work your way up to like getting a financial planner and then um but i would just say like you'll find the system that works for you for us it's it is one joint um like household expense account and one joint savings and then we have our separate accounts where we you know have money for whatever we want to buy oh she asked any strategies you employ to start saving for a wedding yeah we moved in with his parents and cut our i had never been earning more in my career i think i was about to take a job making like 40k more than what I was earning at the time. And for some reason I snapped and I'm like, we have to save all this extra money. (laughs) Like, I don't want to, you know, just get a nicer apartment. We, we moved in with his parents into a tiny apartment on way in, uh, in Wood, Upper Manhattan, um, and gave up our lovely two bedroom apartment in Queens and basically lived off of, um, you know, we were able to save the majority of our income, which helped, you don't have to go that drastic but i was hell-bent on not having debt for my wedding and i was also hell-bent on having a gorgeous wedding <laughs> so if you both want that it's easier to make that decision together we both really wanted a nice wedding so i think it was easier for him to say yes to my crazy idea <laughs> no that we was lasted awesome. we lasted like six or eight months there i think it, it we saved like twelve thousand dollars it was nice
1: <laughs> yeah no that's okay <laughs> we idea had to for- get out of there same thing like like Mandy, we lived really simply. Like Jarrell was a super for housing and we lived basically on campus. I mean, it was a cute, we had a, a townhouse, but rent was because he worked there, it was severely discounted to like 900 bucks a month, 920. And so we lived there and we saved and we both agreed. Um, and this is not something you have to do, but we would both agree. Cause I mean, I got married at 37, so I didn't necessarily want like a big old wedding and so we decided do we want to spend this money on a wedding or do we want to set aside to purchase a home um together and so we said let's have a simple wedding so we did justice of the peace a friend of mine has this really nice restaurant that she closed down vonda for us and mandy was there um and so we just like that's what we did my mom was distraught of course because i'm nigerian and how dare (laughs) i not have an extravagant ignorant wedding
0: it was um, my favorite nigerian wedding it lasted <laughs> well it wasn't even it wasn't even a wedding it was just a yes, reception i loved it it, it was hour. the best
1: <laughs> my friend andrea um she made my dress she's like a, she's like now she's like some famous like wedding dress designer She like one like making the cut on um with hattie heidi klum and tim gunn but like yeah i mean she was big then too pantora bridal she made my dress and gifted it to me my my friend JP did our video for free. Honestly, it was like the, I don't think I spent $2,000, like including Alyssa's dress, Jarrell's clothes from we, like Banana Republic, you know, all everything. Photos and, but I, it was beautiful because after it was said and done, we purchased, I wouldn't have had the money to purchase the home cash. I didn't know at the time that this house was gonna come up, but not only did we purchase the home cash, we paid off my student loan debt, $50,000, and we were able to pay off my parents' house, $120,000. And so for us, it was like, and for, for all partnered people, you have to decide what's your desired outcome jointly as well as individually and make the decision from there. So to, to Mandy's point, like, you know, if you can reduce how you're living, however that looks and set aside. Um, right now, Citizens Bank, we don't, I don't work with them or anything, but they, cause Ally I think is like 3.3. So I moved my money from Ally to Citizens Bank as 3.7 so like you know yeah, rates are I'm, going up yes
0: but like joint bank accounts you just want to be sure they're really easy and simple to connect your external accounts to, especially if like unless you're both going to move all your stuff to that one bank account which would be easier but like enrique has a bank account that i don't have and i have my personal one with ally and then we have the joint so as long as you can do auto transfers that has worked for us it took a while but i was like dude automatically transfer money into ally each month so that i know we'll have enough to like get daycare covered and stuff like that um but yeah if, for your savings for sure i would just choose the bank with the highest interest rate because you want that to be easy easy to get to but not too easy to get to but yeah good luck on this journey and congratulations taylor on your engagement keep Thanks up keep listening. up with us we'd
1: love to hear because child, you know we old my well I, I well yeah i was gonna say we're old married couple married um ladies now but i'm like <laughs> i don't know huh? Do I still feel married at home
0: You're a rich auntie.
1: I know. I am a rich auntie. The first time someone <laughs> said like, oh, you're not married anymore. I was like, oh, shut up. Um, oh, but now I'm just yeah. like, yeah. Now I'm like, well, I'm a rich
0: auntie. You guys were together so long. Like yeah. you can't just, you know, look at your relationship as the years you were married. You know, yes. you guys had a storybook for me.
1: <laughs> it's always storybook when someone's like, well, honestly, it was pretty awesome. But yes, like, yes, I have a rich auntie now. So we'll save that. But yes, keep asking your questions. Bring them on in. We have
0: one. Well, we're going to take a break. Right, Mandra? Yeah, take a little break and come back with one more question. Yes. Um, so we'll see you on a little bit. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Just visit squarespace.com slash brownambition to get your discount today. Remember, your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. Hey,
1: hey, BA fam, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
0: to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Betterment is not a bank.
1: And we're back. We have a a question. Oh, her name is Tiffany. Girl, I like (laughs) that name. Hey, girl. Uh, Hey, hey ladies. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Um, You all need a show, like seriously. Okay. I have a fairly simple question. However, it's so hard for me to get by it. How do I find funding to start my business? I'm 27 and have no savings and I want to flip properties, but I have no money to start. Please help. Okay.
0: How now, do you squeeze blood from a um, stone, I don't Tiffany?
1: know if you've ever heard. <laughs> well, have you ever heard of house hacking, Mandra?
0: Yeah, but I need a refresher. So house me. hacking,
1: young Tiffany, I love this, 27, oh, you're so fresh and full of life. Um, <laughs> so house hacking is when you live in a house, ideally ideally uh, like a multifamily house, let someone else pay the rent, you know, um, and then save from that place. So like, you know, you're saving on you not having to pay rent, someone else is paying the mortgage for you, and then you use that money, to, or, or you could even pull out money from that property to purchase the next
0: property you know and so that's that- exactly what producer Imani is doing right now
1: exactly and so I would um you know like if you the thing about purchasing at home is that you can use something called leverage like leverage comes from the word lever and a lever is like a doorknob so you think about this small little doorknob could open this big old door how is that Right, so the same thing with the way um, when you leverage your money in real estate, you don't have to come up with the full amount. Like I have purchased my properties, some of them cash, but you don't need to do that. You can literally leverage by you know um, putting down, giving an FHA loan, putting down three and a half percent, so you don't have to put down the full five hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, whatever, maybe three thousand, four thousand, five thousand which means you do have to save something, you know, and then you use that leverage to purchase an asset that is much greater than what you initially invested. Patience, you know, maybe you fix it up while you're there, do a little something to it, find yourself some, you know, someone who's going to rent. And then, you know, after a couple of years, you're able to pull out some money from that property as well as hopefully you've saved some of that rent money you're getting to then purchase the next thing. And so that's what I would suggest for you to start. There's some great... Um, um, resources so, um, Many some I don't know if they all United Way still do this, but some of them you might wanna look at your local United Way. Um, oftentimes they have something called an IDA program, an individual development account program. This is a program where you can, you take like a series of classes and um, they, the United Way has partnered with a bank and some banks just do this on their own. So you can look for individual development account programs for, at different banks. And then they will pledge, if you put a certain amount of money in um, and you take these courses or classes, They will then grant to you money, like in multiples. So if you put up five hundred, they might say for every five hundred you put up, we will um, uh, multiply times four. That's what the IDA program that I used to teach. So literally, when I was working at the United Way, people took my course. If they saved up to five hundred dollars at the end of the course, they got two thousand, which is great. And so, like, so look for IDA programs. Another thing, there's NACA, N A C A. Love NACA. Um, the neighborhood, I forget what it stands for, but NACA, right? It's this this nonprofit organization that helps um, new homeowners purchase homes so you can get a multifamily, I think up to four families with NACA. And NACA will typically help you lock in a much lower interest rate than any place else. And they commit for you to have no down payment. They really help with like no down payment, help with closing costs, and you get a lower interest rate than what's out there. And so look at for NACA programs. Also, too, I would just consider like you need to start taking like um, these free first time home buyers courses to understand the home buying process in general. You know, like, you know, what is it? You know, um, what what is insurance going to look like? What is that going to look like? Um, should Property you... taxes. Yes. <laughs> um, but also, too, how do you get in m- a mortgage? Also, too, you're going to want to. To connect with realtors in the area that you're considering purchasing because oftentimes realtors will have their ear to the street like oh you know what mnt bank has a twenty thousand $20, dollar grant this bank has you know there are grants all over and so i would say for the next honestly year to inundate myself with taking these courses meeting with realtors you know i'm um, reaching out to banks to see if they have any grant programs um doing your you know, your your research. And um, if you do that, before I start flipping, I would house hack and maybe consider doing some renting until I can get some money up to do the thing that you're wanting to do.
0: Yeah, I'm curious because she says um, she wants to save up money for her business, which I'm assuming is the ho- house flipping. Should people who are thinking, I feel like house hacking, you know, you buy the um, home under your own name and then rent it out. Excuse me, if you're wanting to then get into home flipping, Do you get a business entity, like an LLC, and then you purchase under that entity? Um, Or are people out there flipping houses just like as themselves? I mean, ideally you should definitely get an
1: entity because you want to be protected Um, anytime you have a business, yes, including that kind of business. For someone who's never flipped before, I suggest hacking first because it's basically a slow flip. You know, you yeah. get someplace hopefully undervalued, maybe you need some new toilets, blah, blah, blah. You're living there and fixing it up while you live there and learning, oh, don't work at that contractor, he's a thief. Oh, that's a really good painter. You're starting to build your team while you're house hacking. So when you finally get the money together, then, you know, and you have a team together, then you can consider flipping. I do not suggest flipping right off the bat, unless you're partnered with an experienced flipper. And you're kind of like working side by side because you can do that too oftentimes these flippers have no admin assistance they're a mess so you might want to look for a flipper and offer your services to keep them organized so you can learn on the job that's something you can consider too
0: and like start inundating like tiffany said inundating i forget what you said with education around you know the homeownership process i'd also recommend like Following blogs or TikToks for pe- from people who are in like doing it, doing the thing that you want to be doing, and just learning from their experience. I know blogs are so two thousand and four, <laughs> but I remember Paula Pant from Afford Anything. Mm-hmm. She used to do this in Atlanta, and I would read her blog. and She was like very transparent about fixing up homes and living in them and renting them out, and that whole process. And I, um, anyway, she has a podcast called Afford Anything. Also, Bigger Pockets. I feel like is more mm-hmm. real estate, um, investor focused. So maybe add those to rotation with brown ambition as well. And give yourself time because it's it's not something you want to jump into. You know, so I like that tiffs like house hack and make it a slow flip because you're learning and, and all of that um and saving. You know
1: join these, there's like a ton of like Facebook groups. So you can kind of sit back and like listen and learn. Because I like one of my friends Christina, she she flips homes in St. Louis and um, they do meetups all over the country where they just talk to each other, they share information. So you really wanna consider, like, as I said, inundate for the next year, just inundate yourself with, I'm part of this group, I joined this meetup, before you really start to like, you're gonna, it's a very expensive process. So the more education you can have, because you're gonna make mistakes and they're gonna be pricey, but they can be reduced in price, you know, if you if you take the time for education. So
0: good luck to you, Tiffany. <laughs> That's Tiffany on Tiffany, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> For B A Q A. All right, BA fam. Again, if you want to submit your questions, you can hit us up at IG on IG. We're at Brown Emission Podcast. Oh, BrownEmission Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us or just head to our website, Brown com. Contact us. But until next week, bye. Hey BA fam. We could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Emission Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host. And I will see y'all next week.